20% of horses are deficient in magnesium and 50% of horses that are sick or unwell or have some kind of health problem are deficient in magnesium. So that's a pretty high number. Welcome to this episode of Healing Horses with Alicia. In last week's episode, I talked about nutrient requirements, and I also talked about the impact that nutrient deficiencies had on a lot of our horses, and also of the impact it has on equine disease in general. Nutrient deficiencies is one of the leading causes of equine unwellness and a lot of the health problems that we're seeing. So I thought in this week's episode, I would go through an example for you of a common deficiency that comes up for horses, but also a nutrient that offers a lot of nutritional benefits. So you can also use nutrients for benefit, even if they're not deficient based on the properties of that particular nutrient. So I'm going to walk you through the process of how I determine sometimes what nutrient is going to be most effective for horses based on their health profile. So you'll get a little bit of a sneak peek on how I go through that process today. And today we're going to do that for magnesium. Magnesium is a really common nutrient, not just for horses, but also for humans. And it has a lot of really great properties to it. And for horses, it's a very common deficiency. So it is reported that about 20% of horses are deficient to magnesium and 50% of horses that are sick or unwell or have some kind of health problem are deficient to magnesium. That's a pretty high number when you think about it. And deficiency uh, symptoms and signs don't always have to be present in horses. Sometimes they can be deficient. And I talked about this last time. They just get used to functioning with less than they need. And you see that a lot with horses. But if you do recognize deficiencies in magnesium specifically, it can present as anxiety, nervousness, uh, lots of spasming. So magnesium, one of the properties of magnesium, it's a natural antispasmodic. So if there's not enough magnesium in the body, uh, intestinal spasms sometimes can happen, muscle spasms, twitching, or just tension. Horses will be really, really tense. So for those of you that are working with body workers or have somebody coming out and feeling that tissue regularly, they can often tell you that you know the tissue just feels tight. And magnesium would definitely be one of those nutrients to consider for those horses. There can also be muscle pain and stiffness. So magnesium is a big connective tissue nutrient specifically for the muscles. And so any muscle-related issue where there's twitching, tension, spasms, all of those types of symptoms, I would definitely consider magnesium in the top three for sure. And also insulin resistance. So magnesium also plays a role in carbohydrate digestion and regulating blood sugar. So with the epidemic of horses out there that are struggling with insulin resistance, so they're not regulating their blood sugar and insulin that well, magnesium can also offer benefit there. So we're going to take a look at three of the most common uses. So uses means that they can be deficient, they don't have to be deficient, but really it's going to tell you what the properties are of magnesium. Uh, that you can use to your advantage if you see that your horse might have an imbalance in one of these areas. So the first one, as I just talked about, is bone and muscle function. So 60% of tissue magnesium is located in the skeleton. That's where it sits in horses. 
It is essential for maintaining healthy bones by initiating chemical pathways for calcium absorption. And this is one of the reasons why you'll often find calcium and magnesium together in the same supplement. And while they complement each other and they're kind of companion minerals, it's also important to be aware that they compete for absorption. So whenever I'm supplementing magnesium, I never include calcium at the same time. I will always do them separately. So you can do calcium in the morning, magnesium at night, or sometimes you can alternate days. Or sometimes if I identify that there is a significant magnesium deficiency, I'll say, let's just do this for four to six weeks on its own. We can always introduce some calcium after if we think it's necessary. So that's important because not a lot of people recognize that. And because of the way things are marketed, even on the store shelves, it's hard to find magnesium by itself. Sometimes if you take a look at some of the labels, usually they come together. So magnesium helps to dissolve calcium in the blood for absorption into the tissues and bones. That's how they work together. And when magnesium levels are too low for a long time, it can actually lead to calcification of the bones and joints, which can contribute to bone spurs, arthritis, and hoof pathologies as well. So we all should know the importance of cough and bone health and the bony column inside the hooves and up the leg. All of that's very important for horses, especially the metabolic laminitic horses. And so that's something to take into consideration too. If you're seeing lots of joint pain, stiffness, you know that there might be some side bone, ring bone in there. Make sure magnesium and calcium are two minerals that you're considering. So the difference between the two of them primarily is that calcium is responsible for muscle contraction, whereas magnesium is required for muscle relaxation. That's why a lot of the deficiency signs and symptoms of magnesium are about spasms and twitching and tension, right? Because magnesium's job is to help relax. It's an antispasmodic. So deficiency signs include all of those things that I already mentioned earlier, but also it includes fatigue and an irregular heartbeat. Uh, so you can also get uh, some heart issues there too, if there's a deficiency in magnesium. So you can use magnesium to correct some of these things, whether or not there is a magnesium deficiency. So you can use it to alleviate muscle tightness, tension. If there's recurring episodes even of the spasmodic colic where they're really spasming in their belly a lot, magnesium is definitely one that I use in those acute situations. And I'll talk about dosage at the end, but magnesium certainly helps a lot of horses just relax a lot of those intestinal muscles. And also another property is that it's a laxative. So even for humans, if you take too much magnesium, you might be running to the bathroom. So for colic or impaction colics, that's also really important uh, to have on hand for horses. So it can help relax the intestinal muscles, both acute and chronic. The second most common uses of magnesium, and some of you might be aware of this, is the nervous system. So magnesium really supports the nervous system by regulating neurotransmitters and facilitating nerve transmission. So this comes up a lot for horses because of their tendency to be anxious and they are kind of hardwired to have that stress response. So things do get tight, things do get anxious for them and magnesium can certainly help bring that energy down. It can kind of help relax their mind, relax their body. It's also heavily involved in managing the stress response. So 
If a horse is deficient in magnesium, that means that their stress response might not be managed appropriately. They don't, their threshold for stress is a lot lower than a horse that has good nutrition and all the tools it needs for a healthy body, healthy mind. So it helps with producing cortisol from the adrenal glands. So that is the role it has in the stress response. And so for horses, you'll hear me talk about this a lot is cortisol production. We really have to regulate cortisol, especially for those horses that are working through insulin resistance and especially PPID uh, or Cushing's because cortisol over long term, if it's not regulated properly, can start being catabolic. It starts to break down tissue. That's why we see a lot of the muscle wasting and PPID horses. It's also not good for the lamina in the feet because it will start breaking that tissue down as well. So we want to always do whatever we can to help regulate cortisol levels and we want to regulate blood sugar and magnesium definitely plays a role in both of those things. So horses that are deficient in magnesium will often exhibit nervous behavior, anxiety, and as I mentioned, will have a lower threshold for stressful events. Now, this does not mean that for all horses that are nervous and maybe not emotionally developed enough, that magnesium is going to fix this for you. You still have to work on your horsemanship, develop your horse, uh, make sure you're doing all the right things so that they have confidence. But I also know that some of these nutritional imbalances can absolutely affect the nervous system. So if you can help them take the edge off and kind of reduce that stress response, it does go a long ways in longevity and just prevention uh, for other health conditions in the future. So it's commonly used as a natural relaxant for high-strung or anxious horses during times of physical and emotional stress. And it can even be used as a remedy for neurological conditions. And this even includes seizures. It's not common in horses, but they happen. And so magnesium can definitely be one to look at just to relax everything, the brain, the nervous system, the stress response, muscles, connective tissue, uh, and just kind of de-escalate the situation. And the third role of magnesium uh, that I want to make sure that you're aware of, mostly because I'm sure a lot of you have heard about insulin resistance. If you don't already have a horse that's insulin resistant, it's one of the most common conditions we're working through in the horse industry. Uh, But magnesium is also really important for sugar metabolism and energy production. By that, I mean carbohydrates especially. So it actually helps with carbohydrate digestion. And because a lot of these horses uh, that are insulin resistant had a history of insulin resistance, especially if it's combined with the laminitic episodes uh, or ulcers in the past, usually they have a compromised digestive system, which means they're not absorbing their minerals very well. The minerals get broken down in the stomach by hydrochloric acid. And so for a lot of these horses that have a history of ulcers or have been on medication like proton pump inhibitors, It suppresses hydrochloric acid, so those minerals don't get digested effectively, which means they're not going to absorb effectively, which means the body has less to use. Uh, So making sure that we're always supporting those digestive processes is really important. And magnesium is one of those that really helps with carbohydrate digestion. So if the horse doesn't have enough magnesium to use, that means carbohydrate digestion isn't going to be as great either. So this is going to be really beneficial for horses that are easy keepers or metabolic, right? The insulin resistance or the Cushing's PPID, uh, whichever term you want to use there. 
And magnesium plays a key role in converting glucose from feed to energy. So they have a hard time doing that conversion without magnesium. So if they're deficient in it already, uh, that's going to be more difficult for them to do. And if magnesium levels are depleted, the cells will be more resistant to insulin. So in that respect, a severe magnesium deficiency may even cause or be a contributing factor to some of the insulin resistance that we see out there. And insulin is the hormone responsible for transporting glucose into the cells for energy. So that covers what the three major uses are. And if you see your horse in this picture somewhere, you can certainly just add some magnesium and see if it helps, right? There's no harm in doing that. Um, I'm going to go over dosage in just a few minutes. But first, I want to talk about causes of deficiency. So you can see, like, is my horse even at risk for being deficient? And even if your horse doesn't have any of these factors, it doesn't mean they're not. It just means that if they check some of these boxes, then it might be worth taking a look at. So factors that can lead to magnesium deficiency. Insufficient levels in grass and hay are probably the most common. Just the way our world is, how we're getting our hay, like the nutritional level is just not good enough uh, for a lot of our horses. And even with that nutritional level, even if it's good, there's a lot of factors that our horses are battling uh, just to keep their own nutrient status high, right? Like there's a lot of reasons uh, for deficiency as I covered in our last episode. So insufficient levels in grass and hay is the most common, um, but stress is another one. So there's a lot of reasons for horses to be stressed, but some of the most common ones are confinement, right? They don't have the ability to move, um, stalling a lot of the time. Uh, even laminitic horses need to move. Uh, they should not be stalled. That can create a chronic stress situation if your horse just doesn't have the ability to move around. Uh, their body needs it for a lot of different reasons, including stress management. Uh, loneliness, so they're isolated from their herd. Um, as we know, horses are very herd-bound. Uh, they care very much about the social dynamic, and they do have best friends. And sometimes when we remove them from their best friend, they can have separation anxiety. They can't see their friends. That will put them in a chronic state of stress in a lot of cases. And restricting food is another reason why horses can be stressed. It's also one of the bigger causes of ulcers. So making sure that your horse is eating as much throughout the day as they can. Now, when I say eating all the time, I don't mean that they're standing at a round bell for 24-7. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that they're not wondering where their next meal is going to be coming from, that they have a constant supply of hay whether it's in slow feeders or not. And a lot of horses will often stand away from their hay as long as they know it's there. It's when horses are pacing and running fence lines looking for food, they're clearly stressed and hungry, that you're going to run into trouble with, first of all, ulcers. As stress is one of the leading causes of ulcers, but it also chews up a lot of nutrients and magnesium is one of them. So stress can deplete magnesium. If you are ready to dive into the world of holistic horse health and all it has to offer, I invite you to join me for my 12-week online signature program, Healing Horses Their Way. 
This program only runs once per year, and I'm excited to announce the doors are now open to welcome the class of 2024. Registration is now open. Inside, you'll learn how to formulate natural health programs using diet, lifestyle, single nutrients, herbs, and homeopathic remedies. And this course will also empower you with the tools and confidence you need to make informed decisions and take charge of your horse's health. If you want to learn more or you're ready to register, you can look in the show notes for the links. There's one link that will take you to a page to learn more about the program and how it's run. And the other link is just to get registered right away. I can't wait to welcome you. If you have a horse with insulin resistance, PPID, or PSSM, make sure to take in my free masterclass, Resolving Equine Metabolic Syndrome Naturally. You can sign up at www.aliciaedwards.com forward slash masterclass. That's E-L-I-S-H-A edwards.com forward slash masterclass. Inside, you're going to learn the top three most common mistakes that can stand in the way of your horse's recovery from insulin resistance, PPID, and PSSM. And you're going to learn my four-step guide for prevention and recovery from all three conditions taking a holistic approach. This has been tried and tested on thousands of horses with great results. To sign up, www.aliciaedwards.com forward slash masterclass and you'll also find the link in the show notes. Diarrhea is another factor so magnesium is an electrolyte so it is water soluble and they do lose it through fluids so lots of diarrhea you can they can lose a lot of nutrition that way the use of diuretics right so they're encouraging fluid loss basically right they're urinating more they're losing more through their urine and toxic heavy metals too so their uh, toxicity level matters and this can be accumulated toxicity But specifically, heavy metals is what I'm referring to here. And that can come from a lot of different chemicals and sprays and things they've been exposed to, including vaccines. And that would just be accumulated toxicity over time. Uh, And I talked about this already, but certain medications like proton pump inhibitors will hinder digestion. It hinders digestion just because it's suppressing hydrochloric acid. So that's just something to be aware of. It is magnesium is a common deficiency for proton pump inhibitors. So it's one to keep in mind um, after they come off of them. Magnesium is definitely a mineral I might add into the diet there. And overtraining, that kind of falls into the stress category. But horses that where they have a lot of physical demands on them, um, they're sweating a lot and they're also um, under a lot of stress physically and emotionally. Magnesium can certainly be a mineral to help support all of that. And you're, it goes a long way for just practicing prevention as well. So now you have an idea of what magnesium does in the body, causes of deficiencies, signs of deficiencies, what to look for, and just basically, you know, certain signs or symptoms where you can start detecting to go, okay, maybe I should supplement some magnesium. But not all magnesium is created equal. So I wanted to talk a little bit about organic versus inorganic forms of minerals. Uh, It does make a difference. And the reason why I found it makes such a difference is because we have so many horses out there with compromised digestive systems. And ulcers is a really common one, but also just poor digestion all around where they just aren't able to digest and their absorption is poor. That's really what I'm after here because if they're not digesting, 
They can't absorb what they need. And if there's a lot of toxicity in the body, especially their digestive system sometimes isn't strong enough to break down what it needs to into the building blocks to be absorbed through the intestinal lining. So often with horses, digestion is the first place place I start exactly for this reason. So when I'm talking about organic forms of minerals, and you'll hear me come back to this when I talk about other minerals as well, I'm talking about the way what the magnesium or what the mineral is actually attached to. So they're considered organic because magnesium in this case is chelated or attached to a carbon-containing molecule. And that means that they're bonds that contain carbon. And the reason why it's better for bioavailability is because it most closely resembles the natural compounds found in plants and other living things. And if horses understand one thing, it's things that come from plants. Uh, They don't do as well on synthetic mineral mixes exactly for that reason, because a lot of them are in an inorganic form. So when they're organic and they're chelated to a carbon-containing molecule, it allows them to be more easily recognized by absorption sites and transported from the small intestine into the bloodstream. Uh, And the rate of magnesium absorption depends on the group that is chelated. So every different group that's attached to the magnesium will allow for different absorption. And so examples of organic groups would be a citrate. So magnesium citrate is an organic form. Magnesium gluconate is another organic form. So gluconate would be uh, the molecule it's chelated to. And the other one is bisglycinate. So there's three organic forms there that when you're looking for supplements, those are the three that you're going to get the most bioavailability from. So just as an example of that, magnesium citrate has a reported absorption rate of approximately 30%, which is a lot higher than a lot of the inorganic forms. So if we're talking about inorganic magnesium in comparison to organic, this means that there's no carbon-containing molecules that it's attached to. And it's the most common form found in equine supplements, especially in horse feeds, because it's less expensive. It doesn't require the same amount of effort and labor to chelate that molecule. So it's a lot cheaper uh, to buy. But just know you get what you pay for. If you're buying an inorganic form, you're certainly not going to get the same bioavailability. And I know this to be true because I've had horses that where they've been on an inorganic form for a long time, yet they're still showing a lot of the signs and symptoms of a magnesium deficiency. And then I have to kind of talk the owner into going, okay, like, let's just try a different type of magnesium because I'm pretty sure this horse is going to benefit if they're able to absorb it. And I've had a lot of horses where you put them on more of an organic form where they can actually absorb it and it makes a big difference to their health profile. So I know there is a difference and I know it works. So when we're talking about inorganic magnesium, it's magnesium sulfate and magnesium oxide. Those are the, the oxide is the most common one you'll see. You'll see it stand alone as an individual supplement and you'll also see it in a lot of the multis. Um, and just know that it's not as bioavailable as the organic forms. In fact, it has been referred, reported for magnesium oxide that it has an absorption rate as low as 4%. And depending on the horse and their ability to digest and absorb, that's going to play a role as well in how much they're getting. So both magnesium compounds, sulfate and oxide, are classified as inorganic because they don't contain carbon in their chemical structure. So as a result, the body doesn't recognize them as naturally occurring molecules. 
such as those found in plants, just like the other organic forms do, the citrate, gluconate, and the bisglycinate. Consequently, they aren't broken down as easily into smaller units for transport across the intestinal lining into the bloodstream. So the other thing I want to make note of is that when you're feeding things together, so I alluded to this with magnesium and calcium, for example, but a lot of dietary minerals compete for absorption. And it's important enough that I think it causes a lot of nutrient deficiencies in the way that people think that they're meeting their nutritional requirements. So in the last episode, I talked about where all that comes from what the nutrient requirements are for horses and why they're important and also why they don't work sometimes. And this is one of them. A lot of these minerals are competing for absorption. So not only do you have inorganic forms in your mineral mixes, but they're also competing for each other. And calcium and magnesium is a common pair that do compete for absorption. So if you have calcium and magnesium in the same supplement, you just have to be aware of that. And after inorganic molecules are broken down, into positively or negatively charged ions, they are attracted to certain binding sites on the intestinal linings. And ions from other minerals with the same charge or same attraction can interfere with that. That's that's how that happens. So that's further evidence that your horse is possibly only absorbing a fraction of what they're getting in any commercial feed program. And it also explains why many horses are still showing signs of nutrient deficiencies, even though they are regularly supplemented with a mineral mix and a complete feed. Now let's talk about magnesium dosage. So for a horse, I always base my dosages on a thousand pounds. So if your horse is heavier than a thousand pounds or you're trying to supplement a mini or a pony, you want to make sure that you're just doing the math, right? Divide by two, um, add by a third if they're, you know, 1300 pounds or whatever. But my standard dosages are always based on a thousand pounds. So for on a thousand pound horse, I usually look at 1500 milligrams of magnesium. Now, this is important that when you look on labels, you're actually looking for elemental magnesium, right? Because if you go on the dosage of magnesium bisglinate, so total weight, magnesium gluconate or magnesium citrate, they're all going to have different weights because they're different molecules. So it's not total weight, which means if you buy it in bulk, don't just throw it on the scale and go, there's my 1500 milligrams. You want 1500 milligrams of elemental magnesium. And every manufacturer should have this on their labels. And if they don't, you have to contact them directly because I cannot speak on behalf of other manufacturers. Um, Usually I know nothing about their practices or how they label or how they formulate. So you have to contact them directly, but most manufacturers should have like 200 milligrams per capsule, right? You'll see that for humans and it should say on the label of elemental magnesium. If you're using it for a horse, so for Reva's Remedies, it says right on the label, 1500 milligrams per tablespoon and that's of elemental magnesium. So you just want to make sure about that before you just go uh, and throw it on the scale if you're buying it in bulk. And it should always be stated uh, how many milligrams in a volume, right? So you know how much you're feeding. Like what is a dose? Is it a teaspoon? Is it two teaspoons? Is it a tablespoon? Uh, It's usually based in volume. 
So if you're supplementing a mini or a pony, so let's say uh, you want to supplement your pony who's about 500 pounds, that would be about 750 milligrams you'd be looking for. So if you happen to find it in the health food store at 200 milligrams per capsule, let's say, if you're um, out of the country, you can do that times three. So three to four capsules uh, I would empty out into their mash uh, for a pony of that size. If you're working on a mini, um, you're going to reduce that a little bit. So maybe 500 milligrams per day instead of the 1500 milligrams. So there are some instances where you can really increase the dosage of magnesium, meaning that you're using it for therapeutic value. And one of those instances is colic or acute colic. Um, so always call your vet if your horse is showing signs of colic because you just never know what's happening. But in the meantime, it doesn't do any harm to use magnesium because it'll help relax the intestinal walls. Um, it helps relax their stress sometimes and their anxiety. Uh, and it's also good for digestion. So when you're supplementing for a situation like that, you can double the dose. So for a thousand pound animal, I will often use 3000 milligrams. Uh, and you just want to do that, you know, once, like don't just keep giving them 3000 milligrams every 20 minutes. So just do it one time. And often it can provide a lot of relief for them. So there are many horses out there that are struggling with all kinds of deficiencies, but this is just one example that I think you should be aware of. And I'm going to try and profile uh, a nutrient from time to time, minerals and vitamins. So you can start to kind of really learn how and when to supplement these things, when to recognize uh, that your horse might have a deficiency or that what you are supplementing just isn't working very well. And perhaps there might be some dietary issues going on there. You might have some risk factors here that are actually creating deficiencies. There's a lot of things at work here, but at least getting to know your nutrient profiles can go a long way in making good decisions when it comes to your supplementation. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week. Mm-hmm.